the Ball, the podcast with Mike and Bomber. Welcome back to the Holding the Ball podcast for episode 52 and preliminary final week is done. Done and dusted. Um, what a cracking preliminary final week. It was It was uh, talked about that um, don't expect a good prelim final weekend because yeah. traditionally crap games, but... Did we talk about that last week? Yeah, exactly. we did, yeah. Uh, so I think it was a pretty good round of footy or a pretty good couple of games on Friday night and Saturday, Arvo. So uh, we're, we're here on a Monday, mixing it yes. up. Big Brownlow medal tonight, so we'll preview that shortly. Yep. Um, but we'll uh, kick off. And first thing I wanted to do is because we had so we had a lot of listens in some different different parts of the, the globe last okay. week, which is great. Uh, finals time. So we had four listens. So we had a few listens uh, in Canada last week. So I don't know who's travelling about in Canada. But Canada. If, if you listen to us, I know one of your favourite spots, Canada. Yeah, I love Canada. Mike, very fond of Canada. I think that I'd like to move there one day, but okay, that's good past, luck with that. Past that stage of my life. <laughs> good luck with that. Uh, yeah. Uh, some listening listens in Turkey, the US, Spain, Germany, and Singapore. Oh, uh, we know who uh, who Singapore is. So thanks, Johnny, for for still listening to us. Uh, but um, yeah, so thanks for wherever you wherever you're listening and uh, listens in Wollongabba, which is uh, I don't know where that is. Sounds a bit uh, sort of country Victoria to me. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, now nah, thanks. Cheers for wherever you are listening to the podcast, and we'll get get onto it, Mike. Star. Who's yeah, your star, star for this week? I've gone with uh, Tim Kelly this week. Uh, pretty pretty uh, stellar performance, and I think one of the few cats to sort of really stand up on the night. Um, there was a stat going around that uh, there's been three Geelong – sorry, four Geelong players to have had 30-plus disposals and three-plus goals in a final for the cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Kelly's one of them. Joel Selwood, Steve Johnson, and Mark Bairstow. So, Bairstow, there's yeah. a yeah. Um, but thirty plus disposals and three goals is a fantastic game whenever you do it. But to do it in a final, especially a prelim, it's pretty pretty impressive. And do you think uh, he's pretty much set to leave the Cats? I think he'll leave, um, but it's just a matter of what happens from there. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see if he requests a trade this week. Mm-hmm. Um, no doubt all the Geelong players will have their exit meetings. And um, I think given the lack of talk, he's had his chance to say, you know what, I'll stay. He's had his chance to do that. Yeah. Um, and usually, I mean, Gaff was obviously the, the outlier, but usually if you get to this stage and you haven't committed – there's a reason for it. I mean, Gaff, we know, famously last year waited until after the Eagles' best and fairest to to recommit or to say he was recommitting. But, uh, yeah, the silence is deafening on this one, I think. I think he'll request a trade. Yeah, well, obviously he tried to do that last last year and yeah. you wouldn't think that his uh, decision would change. Yeah, and you got to give him credit, like his professionalism this year. Mm. Um, considering he's played where he hasn't really wanted to be, um, has been exceptional. He's had a, Geelong can't complain that he even got good service from him this year. Yeah, I think he's had a better year this year than, than last year. So, yeah, well, without um, a doubt. So, and he'll yeah. figure somewhere in the Brownlow. We'll talk yeah. about that a little bit later. He'll be he'll be thereabouts. I think his first half of the year was better than his second half of the year. Yep. But um, he'll be thereabouts, that's for sure, Tim Kelly. Yeah, and who was your star? My star is a man who has been... Criticised a fair bit, I think, and uh, he was uh, dubbed the uh, the driver of the Ferrari. And uh, I thought, oh, I, I think his coaching performance over the past month has been superb. So the Giants come off three, I think, really bad losses. A, a bad loss to Hawthorne on a Friday night. I got spanked by the Bulldogs, and then they had a really soft game against the Gold Coast to finish off the home and away season. They have the bye. They come back. They weren't favourite favourites against the dogs. They belt the dogs. weren't favourites against the lions. They beat the lions at the Gabba, and now come back to the MCG and, and beat Collingwood um, without a host of players, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, I think this is a fantastic performance from Cameron. So now they've got this is their third prelim in four years, um, or they played their first, and now they're getting they're, they're going to play in their first grand final. So I think. 
Hats off to Leon Cameron. I think well done. Credit, yeah. Given the, the players that are out, I guess that probably shows a bit more about uh, strategy and structure and that, which yep. is pretty much down to the coach. So, And a couple of his decisions to tag key Collingwood players, mm. uh, I think, were pivotal. Uh, and again, we'll talk about that later. But Cameron, Leon Cameron, what a star. Yeah, well flog. done. Who's your flog? Uh, my flog, uh, I'm going with Chris Scott. Uh, not a happy chappy the last few weeks, really, you know, didn't like the fact that they had to go to the MCG to play their home finals. And I guess that's pretty average, really. I mean, no one would be happy with that if, uh, if their home ground was down the road, but, Mm. um, yeah, that sort of stuff. Uh, obviously, we saw before that he was angry in his press conference. It was a frosty start to his presser. Yeah, but I think the coaching performance in general over the last few weeks has been a bit average, uh, like especially the Mark uh, Blixav's uh, sort of positioning. Or it's been really interesting, and and yeah, we'll yeah we'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. But he played on a wing mm. uh, on Friday night when you had Tom Lynch kick five goals. Mm. Um, an all Australian sort of fullback playing on the wing when I mean, mm. you've got a guy down the other end dominating. Yeah. I don't know, just a bit weird. I mean, there's probably a reason for it, but is it a better reason than trying to stop some guy kick five goals? Yeah, well, we'll yeah. never know. Uh, no. But no, some, some, yeah, some questionable ones there. I'll, uh, We'll pay that. But yeah, no, it's been an interesting little final series from Chris Scott. Yes, they, they won a final. But they've also lost another two finals, and they were in a they were in a position they were in a strong position at halftime against the Tigers, so they'd be pretty disappointed. Yeah, I think. yeah. All right, who was your flog? So this one has gained a lot of discussion, um, and it's the Ark. <laughs> so <laughs> the AFL Review Centre. Yep. So the Maggies are, are staging a fourth quarter comeback, and uh, Josh Thomas is having always. Uh, plucked it out of the pack and Snapped kicked a goal. Uh, a goal to bring it back to 20 points, I believe. There's a pivotal pivotal moment in the game because that was two goals in a row for the for the Pies yep. after Stevenson had kicked one uh, to bring it back to 26. Now, this uh, there was a decision earlier on the game with a, a Pendlebury goal that was overruled, correct decision. We're thinking, oh, gee, this arc has been good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, the Josh Thomas one where it was clearly touched. I reckon both GWS players have touched it, Lockie Keefe being the main one. Yeah, well, it's funny that uh, I was looking at, I think it was Heath Shaw's fingers mm. for the first few times I saw it, and it looked like he probably did, but I couldn't see a touch. Mm. And then I didn't even realise that if you look sort of at Keefe's fingers, yeah. he's clearly Ben's back. <laughs> Keefe is clearly – and that, it just shows – so Steve Hocking promised all these wonderful things with the arc and, you know, mm. it just shows that you can't eliminate human error. Human error will always be there no matter how many TV screens you've got, uh, how many blokes you have sitting in there. How you can, I think they've got three guys in, in the arc watching the – doing the score review. Yes. So you've got three people – I don't know if they're all male, but so three people watching this footage and how none of them could see that when – Two, three million people watching TV um, would have yeah, been. Yeah, well, there's that. talk about, you know, maybe there's a number of different camera uh, sort of angles. Mm. And uh, I don't think that that was actually reviewed. It was one of those ones where it was reviewed while it went back to the yes, middle. Yes, yes, it was. So they only had a limited amount of time to review. Mm. But surely you go, hey guys, just just hold up for a minute. We we yeah, I mean that's check what this one you out again. probably should do, but mm. that's not the way it's set up at the moment. And yeah, maybe they didn't see that angle. I mean, I said yeah. I, I saw that angle a couple of times and didn't see it because yeah. I was looking at the wrong guy's hands. Yeah. For me, it just shows. Like, I mean, I, I just think errors will happen. Mm. You know, how many touched goals have there been over the history of footy? you know, that could have changed games and all that sort of stuff. I just think, it, you know, no matter how much money you put into something, it just shows that human error can happen and no matter how fancy you make something look, stuff-ups can still happen. Imagine we're sitting here and Collingwood win. Like, Yeah, well, that's the thing. If they win by under a goal and that's that's happened, Boy. then it's very, very yeah. disappointing. There was another one late on 
uh, where it brushed Sam Taylor's elbow. And I was thinking, oh, no. I was like, oh, dear. And the, the camera angle that yeah. Channel 7 was showing, I'm like, oh, no. Well, I thought with, the, with that one I could clearly see it a deviate. Yeah. yeah, you could see the change in direction. So luckily they got that one right. Yeah. Because that would have could have been a disaster. Mm. But, uh, yeah, the arc, you know, sorted out. You and I might head over there and sit in the booth next week, and uh, yeah, I think we could probably do a better yeah, job. We'll than sort it out. So the ten blokes they've got in that room. Yeah, I know. Should we get? Should we get into the uh, the game? Let's just get straight into the game. Straight yeah. into the game. So Friday night we had Richmond take on Geelong, mm. and uh, the Cats came out. And yeah, so, uh, and so I think might have been Jared Healy. I saw make a pretty good comment. It, the game sort of went like the season had gone. So you had the Cats better in the first half Mm -hmm. and the Tigers rolled them in the second half. So much like the season, the Cats dominated the first half of the season and Richmond's season started halfway through the season and um, and I don't think they've lost. They've won 11 straight. Yeah. So the Cats have alternated their last 14 games. That's right. So really inconsistent since the bye, Geelong. Um, And we all know how good the Tigers have been. Um, So a few interesting things. And the the Blixarves won is where I'd like to pick it up because uh, obviously we talked that before. We'll just get all the Blixarve stuff off our chest, shall sure. we? So Ethan, I don't know who Ethan is, but he, he had a really good tweet. So Ethan underscore Meldrum, wherever you are, well done, sir. He said, Mark Blixarve's defended more one-on-ones than any other Geelong player this year and has lost just 18% of them. That's pretty wow, good. Wow, that's good. It's pretty handy. The average is 30%. So he's smashing it. Yeah. Uh, tonight, parked on a wing while Tom Lynch runs wild, kicks five goals and puts Richmond into a grand final. Bizarre. And last week he was on a wing and he played on Gaff. And Gaff was probably the Eagles' best player against Geelong. He 30 touches 30 and two touches. goals. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what, you, what you're doing with him there, <laughs> what what the the thoughts are on having Blick on a wing. It's just strange. I mean, obviously they moved uh, Joel Selwood into the middle in the finals, and yep. I think that was a good move because yeah. he was playing on the wing all season. But was Blick the best option to then for, you know fill that position? He had 10 possessions. So he, he would have more possessions at fullback. I mean, you know, maybe there's some things he's doing that no one can see other than the people within yep. the Cats. Or maybe Chris, Stock, Chris Scott, as we said, is a flog. Yeah, perhaps. And, you know, I, I don't know. There's a coaching committee who works all these things out, but bizarre. But after half time, Richmond kicked eight goals, eight, um, three goals, six of that in the last quarter. So Geelong had only scored a point, uh, sorry, conceded a point against West Coast and Collingwood in the previous two finals in the last quarter. You could not score against them, but Richmond just pounded on three goals, six, um, and Geelong only kicked two goals, four in the second half. Yeah, I think some of the significant stats, well, a couple of them anyway, the ones that stood out, plus 11 marks inside 50, the Tigers, obviously with Lynch. I think he took 10 marks. Lynch had uh, 10 marks, four Mm. contested. Uh, and then plus twenty one percent as the Tigers, and I think they're a team that just is always spoiling, is always tapping the ball on, is always doing these little tiny little things that just get the ball moving in their direction. That uh, is part of their big game game plan. Yep, absolutely. Interesting stat here, and you're talking about one percenters. That's what you were talking about, wasn't it? It was. Excellent. So You were listening, right? I was listening. Uh, <laughs> so in the third quarter is when the game changed. All right, so Geelong were, were doing all right until that point. So Richmond had 18 intercepts in the third quarter. From those 18 intercepts, they kicked four goals one. Wow. It's not bad. It's good. Geelong had 17 intercepts. So it was still, you know, intercepting, yeah. but only kicked a point from that from those 17 steps. So speaks about ball use and, and the way that mm. uh, Richmond moved the ball. Um, and Geelong were also plus 20 contested possessions. So their mids, we spoke about Kelly, Selwood, we've spoken about. They did their bit, but mm. uh, Richmond just um, he got the ball on the outside and just moved it really well. And one person I'd like to give a bit of credit to, are you going to give him credit? before? Possibly. I, are you going to give, <laughs> do you want to go? Uh, no, you go. I'll, I'll, I'll chime in if it's okay. the same bloke. Dion Prestia. Yeah, it is the same bloke. <laughs> uh, 744 metres gained, seven clearances and a couple of goals. Yeah, 28 disposals and nine inside 50s as well. So, uh, yeah, he had a great game. And he's not a very big goal, goal kicker. I think he's kicked maybe five this season yeah. or something like that. So that's a big game from him. And goes about it, does the stuff in the middle, but 
is uh, very rarely sort of talked about, but <laughs> might be a sneaky chance to be the sort of leading Tigers Brownlow uh, sort with, of a with contender. Da- with Dusty being out. With Dusty being out, of yes. course, and uh, Basher Hooley maybe mm. uh, thereabouts. So, um, yeah. yeah, really unsung hero, I think, Prestia. Yep, so I guess where to from here? So obviously Richmond look forward to a grand final and go in hot favourites. Yep. Uh, Geelong. Well, on – on well, actually, we'll talk about that uh, probably in our preview, but there's a few injury sort of issues for, for the Tigers with Jack Graham dislocating his shoulder during the game and playing on. Yes. Which was pretty, Apparently he uh, whacked his arm against a filing cabinet. <laughs> that's what I heard. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. No, no, no. That's I think that's uh, from like Lethal Weapon or something. Oh, okay. They were just joking. Yeah, okay. they were joking. Okay. Cool. Um, Nathan Broad, our, our mate, man, had a bit of a concussion late. Yeah. Uh, so you got he, he got, got like the double banger. Yeah. yeah. On the way down, he copped I think half its knee. <laughs> yeah. And uh, oh. and then obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but Cochin hurt himself at one point as well as Dusty was sort of limping around a little bit. So. I think that they'll all play. Well, Dusty and Cochin, that is, yeah. uh, will play. But So they've held off McIntosh and Ross, I think, from yep. today's Sunday's VFL Grand Final. And obviously Sydney Stack's getting his first crack back at the VFL in the Grand Final mm. on Sunday. So Yeah, I don't know. We'll just stack that in. So it'd be interesting. I mean, yeah. So there's a few contenders there to possibly fill the Jack Graham void if he can't get up with that shoulder issue. Mm. All right. Any more on this game? I think we should just talk a little bit about Geelong. Sure. And maybe the disappointing uh, sort of finish to the season after, you know, finishing on top of the ladder, having a a fantastic start to the season. But the thing Um, is, after finishing on top, right, did you actually think they'd win the flag? No. And that's the thing. Why, yeah, why do we doubt Geelong so much? I'm not sure. Uh, maybe it was because teams like Richmond, Collingwood, the Eagles were coming and Brisbane. had better. Yeah, Brisbane. Sorry, I always forget about Brisbane <laughs> as well. Um, but those teams were, had, were in better form, um, had some sort of better history. Sorry if you can hear that. The dog's just uh, chewing some sort of toy down there. He's gone nuts. Um yeah, so but I don't know, Geelong. Where do they go from here? I think is is the thing. I think we might see a couple of retirements. Does does Gary Ablett pull the pin? Thirty five now. Yeah, uh, he didn't set the world alight in the final series. Did okay on Friday night. It was probably his best final. Mm. Um, but I think I can't see him improving next year. No, and I think with guys like Gary Ablett, and I think it also applies to the first few years of your career. You start really well, have a really good start. But as the season goes on, mm. takes a toll on your body. And yeah. unless you're sort of either used to it or have a young body and re- can recover, yep. you just can't sort of do that full season anymore. And I think I think Gary Ablett's probably at that point where mm. he maybe should let one of the uh, young kids step in his place. Harry Taylor as well, I think, another one who might pull the pin yep. uh, this season. So it be interesting to watch uh, the Cats over the next few days. Uh, to see what happens there. Where do you think they'll finish next season? Well, I picked them to finish eighth this year. Yeah. So um, <laughs> after they finished eighth last year. Yeah. Um, I think they're a shot to make finals, but I think I think you've got to have really them in your eight. Four. I think you, you've got to have them in your eight. I think they're not going to drop off mm. significantly. So the talk is that Kelly goes, Jack Stephen possibly comes in. Like they need. They need some genuine pace in that midfield. Yeah, well, I think if you see Ablett go, Harry Taylor go, they probably inject some of the kids. I mean, some of the kids that were playing well at the start of the season, I don't think were playing in the last. Well, Gary Ryan started the year well and then was injury hit with yeah, injury. Constable's mean, an interesting him. one. Hmm. He's not quick, Constable, but not getting a lot of opportunity. Did get a Rising Star nomination earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, we know Jordan Clark looks to be a real player. He was injured towards the end of this season. Mm. Um, Grind Myers had a terrific little final series. Yeah, so he's, he's been a great find. Good, but good signs there. You know, There's sort of an ageing squad as well. You got Narkel looks good coming through. Yes, actually, he looks very so good. So some good signs, but they what are you know guys like Hawkins, Selwood, and uh, Dangerfield. So well, Dangerfield's, Dangerfield's twenty nine. Thirty in April, yeah. So uh, Selwood thirty one, Hawkins thirty two. So you know, there's there's sort of. You know, if you add Ablett and maybe Harry Taylor and Tim Kelly into that, mm. there's six players that, you know, we could lose three of those. 
It'd be interesting to see if the cats are aggressive in this um, trade period. Yeah, well, the rumour is that they want draft picks, but whether or not that's what they get, um, I mean, maybe they're going to get, well, trying to get Jack Stephen, which might uh, fill a bit of the void. And he's a quick player. He's quick. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we'll watch this space with Geelong. But I'd, I'd still have him in the eight. Um, but I know that they're a club, particularly over the last 15 years, who wants a lot more than finishing in the eight. Yeah. Um, right. What a cracking game it was last night. Yeah, Collingwood against, well, Saturday night, Collingwood against GWS, and GWS held on to win by four points mm. uh, to get into their first grand final. Yeah, so a couple of moments. So obviously uh, Collingwood came back from 33 points down. Um, they've in actually the third quarter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they've actually been the second Actually, best no, that was in the last, last quarter. quarter when yeah. Jer- Jeremy Cameron kicked the first goal yep. of the last quarter, then missed a shot. Um, but Collingwood have been the second best last quarter team all year. They've been plus 15 goals in their opposition this year. So maybe you could say that it w- was going to happen. Um, but, I mean, the Giants were equally impressive. They kicked seven goals on the run between the second and fourth quarter yeah, so in to the make it happen. third quarter, it was GWS kicked 5-2 to 0-3. Mm. And then in the fourth, it was 4-5 to 1-1. So, mm. uh, yeah, some pretty sort of... After the first half was pretty even. It was just a that third quarter and then fourth half, quarter. Yeah, I think it was like twenty to seventeen or something at halftime, and you thought, "Hang on, this is a cracking game," and there's been five goals kicked. Yeah, um, it was one of those for the for the purists. So in that last quarter, there was seventy three percent of the play was in Collingwood's forward half. So either um, someone said about the fuel gauge, did it go off in the GWS? They were just cooked. Um, and Collingwood were just coming home. But that's the thing with GWS last last week as well. Mm, yeah, they were under siege. Brisbane, they? they were under siege in that last quarter, just kept marking it, kept kicking it back down the line. Mm. And they did the same thing against Collingwood, although Collingwood were able to get uh, a few goals on the board, but uh, not enough in the end. No. Well, I mean, this is an interesting stat that I found. So GWS are the number one team in the AFL for um, – denying the opposition a score once they get inside 50. Okay. So they can see the inside 50, but the, they can still rebound it out or lock it in. And it, that last quarter. Mm, that's that's yeah, it, isn't it? They just forced, particularly that last few minutes, they just forced stoppage after stoppage. And you can see yeah. they just wanted to lock it in. Yeah. They weren't trying to bang it out. They just wanted to lock it in. And there must have been so many bounces. And uh, an interesting stat or an interesting thought. So... Grundy had, I think, 73 Three. hitouts, mm. yet GWS in the clearances by 19. Yep. Like, is that a slap in the face to Collingwood's midfielders or what? Well, it's one of two things. It's a slap in the face to Collingwood's midfielders or Grundy's hitouts are not to anywhere at to advantage. advantage. Yeah. Mm. And I didn't see where that, that stat, but. Um, I think I may have seen it. I think it had 14 to advantage. Yeah, seventy-five. Well, so that's that's not. I think great, Mumford had five because hitouts are a completely useless stat if yeah. you know they're not going to your player. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that and I thought there was a play late on that I saw on Twitter. I think it might have even been the very last play where there was a throw in or a kick to the top of the goal square, and it was Mumford versus Grundy, and Mumford has won the contest. He's picked up the ball and he's balked around someone and just booted it. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, that's all you want from yep. Mummy. That's if it, if that's his only possession of the day. <laughs> he's got to make that contest, doesn't yep. he, and, and get yeah. it out at the danger zone. Yeah, happy with that. So, yeah, Mummy got smashed, but I thought he – He he did well. Uh, obviously, the hit-outs, he, you know, he was never got smashed. Yeah. But I think he made the contest and mm. obviously led to the clearance numbers. Yeah. So, just looking at the mids, right – so we know. So this is a tweet I saw. I know you know it was from it was from GWS on their own thing. They said no Green, no Cornelio, no Ward, no Whitfield, no Delidio, no worries. Great yep. hashtag never surrender. Um, and I think you know I think they're very quickly rising up the the ratings for the best theme song. Uh, great, great theme song. Great. We might get it, get some audio later. You like their song, do I you? do like their song. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> uh, so they're mids. So you had Kelly, 27, Taranto, 26, Williams, 25, Hopper, 22. That's the main quartet. Yep. Uh, 
Then you had Collingwood, who you, who would you consider their main quartet? You had Trelaw, only 22. His average for the season must be over 30. Yeah, around that, yep. Adams, 20. Pendlebury, 18. And Sidebottom, 16. Mm. So you had DeBoer, I think, was switching between Pendlebury and... Sidebottom? No. Pendlebury Trelaw. and Trelaw. And Perryman was on Sidebottom. Yep. So really good um, defensive play, and it shows that the tag out, like Collingwood traditionally don't tag, but um, it shows there's definitely a place for the tagger. Yeah, I think tagging's sort of a little bit more in fashion again Well, you look now. last year and, you know, West Coast, Hutchings tagged every week yep. um, and, and kept Pendlebury to, I think, 12 disposals in the grand final. So it'll be interesting to see what they'll do and who they'll try and stop. Will um, DeBoer go to Martin? I don't think DeBoer will go to Martin when he's deep inside 50. No, he'll get smashed if he's one-on-one mm. in, in 450, but, you know, they're going to have to switch at that point. Mm. Maybe Martin plays a fair bit time forward, but, yeah. Just on one of those Collingwood midfielders that I did notice had uh, Taylor Adams had a, what I would say, average game. Dirty day. 20 disposals, which, you know, that's okay. 45% efficiency and had... While I find the number 568 metres gained, which you think that's pretty good, but had, what the hell is this number? It's not going to tell me. It was a ridiculous amount of clangers anyway. It was something like... Lots of clangers. Lots of clangers, yeah. Well, if you're going at 45%, we <laughs> would say you had a few. Yeah, so it was just something where, you know, getting it. And, oh, and the other thing was all 20 of his disposals were kicks. Oh. So I think he's just getting it and kicking it. Yeah, right. You know, kicking out of packs where it's a bit more sort of a uh, bit more calm when you get the ball, a bit more time, just mm. a little handball to someone in a bit of space so that they can kick it and, yep. you know, be a bit more accurate. Uh, there's three GWS players that I'd like to highlight, yep. and I think we spoke about this before. Uh, number one, Nick Haynes. Yep. This guy was the leading disposal winner on the ground. Not that matters. 30 uh, disposals. 30 touches. Um, and he got those at 73%. Like, he's, he's going at a fair fair clip. 10 intercepts. Um, only a couple of score involvements, but we'll let him off for that. Um, and just nine rebounds. Just yeah, a nine marks, nine rebounds. Yep. Just a phenomenal game of footy from Nick Haynes. Yep. How good did it? That, that one, there was that diving spoil. Yes. I think on Callum Brown. Is that right? Possibly. I do remember it. I don't remember who it was on. To, to, to execute and not just desperate, you know, and, and particularly the Giants considering Phil Davis was down early. Um, that just adds to how good this was. That's right. Yeah. Um, second player was Perryman. Okay. Did the job on side bottom. Had 23 himself, keeping side bottom to 16. And young West Australian Sam Taylor. Oh, okay. He was he very, was very good very down good. back. One mm. other player that I think you've forgotten to mention is Zach Williams. Oh, Zach Williams went incredible. into the midfield. Yeah, uh, had twenty five role sort of. Yeah, twenty five disposals, sixteen contested, and ten clearances. Mm. And this guy's a, a half half back flanker. Mm. Well, I think he said in the past that he likes playing midfield because he played there in his younger days. So phenomenal. Got, it's an incredible team this GWS team when you've got all these fantastic midfielders out and someone from the halfback flank can step into a role and and perform it better than any of Collingwood's midfielders. Yep. So firstly shall we look at the Giants, right? Mm. So Green is definitely back in. Yep. Whitfield with the appendicitis. Yeah, I mean he'll come back in. You'd think so. I mean it's you know he'd be a it's, brave man he's had surgery out. so mm. Um, he'd want to be in. Obviously, uh, brings me to the other point. Did you see the the GWS players in the rooms afterwards FaceTiming uh, Lockie Whitfield yeah, in yeah. hospital bed? Yep. All getting pretty excited. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not sure how long it takes to recover from surgery like that. Yeah, so watch this space. Possibly. Um, Cogs? Cogs. I don't think Cogs is going to get up. That's what I've heard. He's definitely going to be trying. Oh, but no I doubt. mean, he hasn't. He hasn't been playing for, what is it, a few months now? 
Yes. So he doesn't have the match fitness, although he has been running for a few weeks and he, I think he heard, I heard him say he was doing the directional mm. change of direction sort of work. So What you would hate, and that's what happened, I mean, the week after he spoke to us on this podcast, mm. is that he lasted, what, five minutes in, yes. in the game at the MCG against Melbourne, I think it was, uh, and then season over. So... Yeah, you definitely don't want to do that. And so they'd want to be a hundred percent. He did say, "Did you see him speaking to Richo?" No, it wasn't Richo. I think it was Darcy and Lingy after the game. No, I missed it. Uh, and he basically said that, "Look, I'll be doing everything I can to play, but mm. I'm not going to take someone else's position if, if I'm not right." Yeah. So, so there's that, Deledio. Yeah, so he had the calf in round uh, week one the of fi- the finals. finals. So that's now three weeks. I think that that's probably a long shot too, given mm. the amount of calf issues he had. And yeah. I think given how sort of distraught he looked mm. after he did that. This could be the fairy tale. It Playing could be. Playing against Richmond it in the grand be. final. Oh. But I think that a bit like the Cogs one, that'd be a big risk to take someone with the calf and issue. And it's, it's also a risk it. to take multiple players coming off for layoff. So, yeah, unlikely that both Deledio and Canelio play. Yep. Oh, but I think oh, oh, Green's an obvious one, and I think Bobby Hill will make way for him. Yeah. I think that's a given. Um, good experience for him out on the prelim final stage. A couple of nervous moments early. Um, I think his first handball was a fresh area and his first shot for goal went out of bounds on the full. <laughs> but big future for Bobby Hill. He looks he looks a player. Yeah, first year. Uh, you can't ask for yep. much more playing in a prelim. Overlooked by both WA sides in the draft and then playing in a prelim. Happy days. Yeah, you'd be happy with so, that. But he'll make way for green and then it's just a matter of what other changes they make. It'd be interesting. If, if, I mean, Lockie Keefe was the one, other one who came in. Uh, this week, this yeah. This week. So, and he came in for, who else went out? I've gone completely blank. So they, they lost Green and they lost. I'm not sure, actually. Someone else who, I've gone blank. Um, so who, I don't think, Lockie Keefe was brilliant. Uh, I thought he, he did his role. So does he go out? It's just a lot of interesting. Yeah, I mean, Keefe and even Tomlinson to an extent are mm-hmm. players where they've been brought in for specific uh, sort of Tomlinson played a bit deficiencies. Of yeah. Um, obviously, they come up against Brody Grundy, so they wanted to make sure that they had enough tall options to tackle that. Yep. Uh, now you've got Richmond, who have Nank and possibly Soldo, who both played. Do you see the thing with Soldo? Sorry, we're going off track a bit. Where yeah. he corrected, I think Razor Ray, who uh, before his match, he's like, Ivan, is it you? And he's like. Ivan or something like that. Yes, very I good. did see that. That was very good. That was hilarious. I was like, did that just happen? When I was there, that was very good from <laughs> Sorry, Solo. Ivan. Should have yeah. been, uh, been my uh, star. Yeah, should have been. Reed went down injured, but I think he's okay for GWS. And Davis said there is no chance that he's not going to get up. Yeah, well, you know, it's not always up to the player, unfortunately. Yep. Um, can we just talk about Collingwood for a bit? I think it was a very disappointing... Um, sort of result for them. They were expected to win. Uh, there was some disappointing performances. So I think someone like Majacek, who had yeah. four touches, I think. Really poor. Uh, and he's a bloke who would normally, you know, pops up for two or three goals every game or two. Yeah. And he was, whether he was sort of tagged out of it or just had a, a horrible game. And I think Reed as well uh, only had a couple of touches. Oh, he missed a, he missed a sitter. An mm. easy goal, but considering he the amount of time Reed had out, it'd be interesting. Will he retire? What will he do? Yeah, I like Reed. I think he's a good player. But um, Buckley uh, to start his press conference said he now the labels the season a waste. Um, you know, you lose the grand final the year before by less than a kick, and now you lose the prelim the year after by less than a kick. Mm. Um, they're doing a lot right, the Maggies, but they were hit hard by injuries this year. Yeah. You could argue that a fully had a fully fit to go. I mean, Mason Cox was out of form, but then obviously he missed with injury. Yep. Dane Beams and the issue, but they didn't have Dane Beams last year, so yeah, I mean, it's truth. Yeah, I mean, I think they were better suited to for this year because last year I think they had a lot more defensive injuries uh, than this year. Just on the watch, Collingwood, just keep your eye on the Brody Grundy situation. So this contract delay has gone on for quite a while. So Grundy wants a seven-year deal. Collingwood, I think, have offered him three. Wow. Um, 
you know, I think we did touch on this There's last someone week. Mike Grundy. Wouldn't you go with, I mean, at least five, what is he, like 25, 26? 26, yeah. At least five years. So back-to-back all If you've given him three, that's a, a slap in the face. Well, he, I think it would be three on top of the one he's still got left. So he's still got next year. But this is one that, gee, if the Crows manage to clear out what we expect them to clear out, they might be able to throw some money at him, won't Yeah. They? So this one, and Grundy has been open about the fact that he would be happy to go home without saying that he wants to leave Collingwood. Yeah. But this is one that is, I mean, it could very well just be finished when, you know, Collingwood just finally stop being stubborn and go, you know what, okay, we'll sign you. But Collingwood have probably got a lot more salary cap issues than I would think Adelaide. so. There's a lot more stars in the Collingwood team that are, you know, haven't performed of late. But mm. I don't know, maybe they have to take a hit with one of them. Or you back end his contract. So I don't know. They're, they're smart people who do, you know, various things that we don't know. But interesting. Watch this space with Grundy. But, yeah, Collingwood disappointing. I expect them to be up there again next year, though. Do you? Yeah, I think so. Although I think they're on the way down at some point in the next couple of seasons. They need to make use of it next season. They lacked a big marking target. Yeah. So they got all the Mosquito fleet, and they're great. Uh, Elliot, um, side bottom... Uh, Dugowie obviously missed a lot yep. of games. Thomas. Thomas. Um, My check, obviously. I think Josh great. Thomas is, sorry, I think Josh Thomas is, I reckon he's, he's one that struggles to get into their best 22 if everyone's there. Okay. Well, we ha- I think there's a lot to talk about Elliot, uh, clubs interested in Elliot. Mm. So. But they've got a lot of the similar similar type player. Yeah. You know, all these little guys want to play out of the goal square. Mm. Can't do it. Just one final thing uh, before we move on. Brody Grundy's performance, I think, was very, very good. Uh, putting aside the 73 hit-outs. 25 touches in here. 14, you said, went to advantage. 25 touches, 20 of those contested. Mm. Uh, and 10 clearances, equal highest clearances uh, on the field with uh, Zach Williams, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zach Williams. Uh, so there's... <laughs> There's only been a few players in the history to have had 20-plus contested possessions and 10 clearances in a final. There we go. Dane Swan, Josh Kennedy, three times from Sydney, mm-hmm. uh, Prittis, Prittis, Tom Mitchell, and Brody Grundy. Yeah, there you go. So you just pipped the Stephen Martin one from last week that we had on here. Yeah. So... Some big performances by Ruckman so, against Shane Mumford in the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's that tell you about Shane Mumford? Yep. But, yeah, obviously all those other players, midfielders and uh, Brody Grundy. Yep. And on the, the we touched on just one uh, before we finished with this game. So Sam Jacobs, we touched on him and pretty much done deal to him to the Giants. So he came out and pretty much said, yep, he's exercising his free, free agent. T rights and Adelaide have put a big farewell. Sam Jacobs, I think he's played 170 odd games there, so he is leaving. Okay, and 99 percent that he will go to the Giants. That'll probably be the first deal done. Free agent yeah. period. GWS need him. Yep. All right, we'll have a bit of a break and then come back and preview tonight's Brownlow. Yeah. Woo. The Hold the Ball Podcast. Who is going to take home Charlie? Uh, oh, I imagine you've already got him at home. So, oh uh, yes, well, <laughs> wow, well, well played from you. Uh, mm. Referencing my soon-to-be four-month-old son, but uh, yeah, uh, Brownlow Knights, one of my faves. I'll is be... that why you came up with the name Charlie? Uh, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe that's what you should say. It. That was the reason. Yes, there and was. I us. do have a, a niece who was born the same evening that Prittis won the Brownlow back in 2014, I think it was, when Prittis won. And uh, I do call her Prittis. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yep, no, nah, good I think times. fair enough. Yep, I think fair enough too. Uh, so, the Brownlow, who's going to win? Uh, how do we think it's going to play out? Yeah, just, well, first we'll get out the, the market. So okay. I've yep. got sports sure. bet here in front of me. So Danger now a clear favourite. He's a better chance, according to sports bet, at winning the Brownlow than GWSR of winning next Saturday. That's probably fair. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm still on the Giants FYI, but we'll talk about that later. Danger cool. is paying $2.60 on sports bet from Lockie Neal at $5, the Bont and Fife at six fifty. And I'll talk about my issue with that bet in a moment. 
Crips at 11. A lot of love for Crips, I'm finding. Uh, mm. Grundy at 15. Trelaw at 21. McRae and Kelly at 34. Okay. Dunkley at 51. So I think, and you can see there, that it's just a smorgasbord of midfielders. Um, so uh, who do you like? I think you said pre-season Crips. I said Crips pre-season. You said Danger pre-season. Yes. And I think if we have a look at the uh, post we put out, put out on Facebook, that there were some uh, comments about... Loving your feedback on the Facebook. It's been uh, tremendous. And, and before we moved to the Facebook, certainly on Twitter, your old man just came straight up with the uh, Bontempelli. So thanks, Ray. Yeah, I think he's got on the bandwagon. I'm he's not sure the, about that one. He's but on the Bontwagon. We'll, uh, we'll see how he goes. But... There was a comment on here about Cripps unfortunately played his best when Blues were losing, so he'll miss on some deserved threes. Um, I Yeah, I think Cripps perhaps had enough of an impact, though. I think with Cripps, and I think he polled very well last year. Yes. And I can't remember exactly how much or where. He wasn't in the top three. He wouldn't have been too far behind that, though. But... Last year, what did Carlton win? Two games? Yep. They've won seven, eight this year? Mm-hmm. Surely that means his chances of polling more goes up. Oh, he'll be thereabouts. And if he finished in the top five or something last year, um, surely he's a shot this, this year. year. So the AFL, uh, AFL predictors got him second. We've got him, uh, I guess, equal sixth. Um, so a little bit further back. So, so he was fourth last year, finished on 20 votes. 20 votes. And the winner was on 28 so, votes. So, so it's still a, a fair way away. But to get 20 votes from two games, one. Yeah. That's, so he can poll when they lose. Exactly. So that's, Dave, what, that's what we're pointing out there. Don't, you know, 11 bucks get on him if you think, you know. It's definitely still a shot. He's definitely a chance. So... Um, Big Dave carries on to say that uh, Bont will come home strong. Big reason for the dog's resurgence and he's the type the umps will love. Neil may have 18 votes by mid-year. So a couple of things on that. Uh, and this is where I've got the notes. We will go into the notes pad. So the dogs, the thing that worries me about Bont is, I mean, on our leaderboard, oops, we've actually got McRae ahead of Bont and Pelly. We've got McRae on 23, Bont on 19. We've also got Dunkley, Dunkley on 19. On 19. Mm. So Dunkley... And McRae and, and Bont, all three of them finished the year so strongly, just as the dogs did. Mm. So they will definitely take votes of each other. Who's to know who's going to get the maximum votes in these games? I That's think Bont's the, the biggest risk of those top. And Bont wasn't a hype disposal getter either. No. You had guys like Dunkley and McRae who were getting 30 to 40 yeah. um, every other week. Yeah. So I think they're going to be in the umpire's eyes a lot more than Bont. Even though Bont's, what he did was... He's more of an impact More of an impact, his yeah. His, his disposals are fantastic. So. Um, so I don't know. I'm a wait, wait and see on Bont. I'm not... I, I think I said last week, I'd I'd rather get on McRae at $34 as a real outsider. Last year, Angus Brayshaw stormed into third. Mm. Who will be that player this year? There'll be a player who we don't expect to poll and could be McRae, I reckon. Just gets a lot of the footy. And and I think used it well and started kicking goals this year too. So I reckon McRae is – he's my dark horse. He's a good dark horse. Yep. So – and Daniel got on here. Uh, he says he won't get as many votes as he probably deserves. Well, we'll soon wait and see. Uh, thinks Bont will go very close, attract votes, and I think Dunkley will take McRae's votes. Well, who's to say, Daniel, you're an idiot. Who's to say that Dunkley will take McRae's votes, not Bont and Pelly's votes? They'll all yeah. take each other's votes. So, I don't know. Dano, just relax. Uh, Joel Carney, Khan says Crips. Uh, Steve, now Steve uh, Robson here, He's he's been great on commenting on the old... Uh, on the Facebook. So th- cheers, Steve. Grundy, Neil, flip of the coin, third Dangerfield. I uh, I think a lot of people would be happy to see Grundy, a Ruckman, win it. Yeah, and uh, I threw some money on him a few weeks back. Uh, Mike I, is waiting for a bet to come in this year. So I need one bet to win <laughs> this year. Uh, I'm down to nothing, so I need a little top up. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I th- I'd like to see Grundy win. I, it'd be good to see a Ruckman win for a change. If Grundy didn't play for Collingwood, I'd really like him. Yeah. Um, and maybe next year. Well, <laughs> oh, it goes to your second. Yeah. Oh, he's not, so not your second favourite team anymore, third, is it? Third, they've bumped Adelaide. down from the old Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Um, the Suns, get around them next not year. Not sure why. Yeah, no, we love the Suns. I might even per- I might get a membership next year, the Suns. 
We shouldn't cost much. Just keep them. Uh, Probably not. No. Anyway, uh, so out, out of town membership. Or so yeah. So Lockie Neal uh, just did a bit of a, a look at him in our votes. So we had him finishing on twenty five, equals second. Uh, he had twelve votes for us, nearly half of them after six rounds. So he went two, three, three, two, no votes, and then another two. So some of his big vote games, I know I didn't give him any votes. So does he get votes for those games? You just don't know how it's going to go, but he will start well. Like he'll be the clear leader after five rounds or whatever when. Um, and another one is Tim Kelly. He'll be uh, polling hard early. Yep, he'll come out strong. And uh, Dangerfield, who Steve also mentioned there, um, he in our – so 26 uh, votes, eight. He had eight three-vote games for us. So when he polls, he gets the maximum. So eight threes, 24. So most of his votes come when he dominated. And he'll yeah. come home with, everyone reckons, three best ons in rounds 21, 22, and 23. So if he's – a couple of votes behind with at round twenty one, he's he's a, he's a shoe in. Yeah. Um, so interesting to see um, what happens with Danger and Simone. Good on you, Simone, for getting around us. He says Grundy, uh, good stuff there, Simone. Yeah, um, I'd like to see that one. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people would like to see Grundy. I think it'd be a a pretty popular winner. Um, it's interesting just on those things. Sports bet leader after round five. Lockie Neal favourite. Dollar five or something? Three bucks. Three bucks. Okay. That's Get actually on. not bad. Oh, that's actually pretty good. That's uh, uh, Paddy Cripps, three twenty-five and Danger, four dollars. See, I'm not sure about that. Jack Billings, five fifty. He must have had a couple of good games. He did early. Tim Kelly, ten dollars to lead after round five. That might be worth some further investigation. Further investigation of our votes, but uh, lead after round ten. Kim Tim Kelly, dollar sixty. Mm-hmm. So between round five and ten. So what's Neil after ten rounds? Four dollars. Mm-hmm. Can he hang on? So Kelly one sixty, Neil four dollars, Crips five dollars, <coughs> Fife eleven dollars. So So it shows that danger's not going to be in the picture at this point. Mm. You know? So it's gonna be a fascinating count. And cause we because and I've got um so we've had our votes and, and all that, and I've also got um the Herald Sun votes here. Uh, so the Herald Sun have gone danger and Fife even on 34 votes. Oh, that's massive. 34. We, we had them on 26. Um, Neil on 29. Bont on 28. Kelly, 27. Kelly not polling in his last four games. So he really dies off. Cripps, 26, along with Martin and Trelaw. And then McRae on 24. So they're the same group of players, but um, I guess a different different look. No, no, yeah. uh, no, is, Grundy. Is that there. still a three-two-one voting system yeah, they're yeah, using there? Yeah, yeah, sure is. Wow, uh, no Grundy in that top nine that I just read out. Yeah, I don't know about that. Which is interesting. Uh, yeah, so interesting night. I think it's going to be a love Brownlow night. Oh, love it! And I think we don't have Bruce hosting this time. We've got uh, what's his name? Is it Ham? Yeah, Hamish. Hamish. He'll be, he'll be out there with his brother, giving the uh, yeah. mum would be so proud. <laughs> Hurry up, big bro or yeah. little bro, I don't know. Yep. So uh, it'll be, last few rounds will be three votes. P. Dangerfield, <laughs> Geelong. So it'll be, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't. Who's the other P's in Geelong? Is there a Patrick... Uh, Peter, no Peters. <laughs> no, no, there's nothing really to compare it with at the Cats. Uh, we have to find out who they play and uh, who the P's are in their yeah, last few games. But, uh, oh, I, I, I'm on Dangerfield, I think. And, and as I said, McRae, my dark horse. Um, I was going to have a discussion with you about who would be the best vote getter from Freo, but that's obvious. Um, Fife and a canter. Yeah, well, it's Do probably, we have anyone else from Freo getting over 10 votes? We probably have to scroll down the list. Scroll a down here. the list. There we go. Monday at nine. So a fair way back. Where was Hill or Walters? They would have been uh, reasonably high up there. Because they had a – oh, Walters on eight. Hill, Hill on seven. seven. And looking so, from a – yeah, so mm. I think there was a, a Freo market without Fife and Walters was, I think, a dollar ten. Wow. So if you like Hill, then get on him. Walters had maybe three or four blinders. Mm. Sometimes um, that's all you need. 
Well, yeah, if you only need to get 10, yeah. then I guess that's it. So, I mean, looking at the WA flavour for a moment, for West Coast, I think it's pretty open. Mm. Um, I saw one market which had, I think, Shui was a favourite just ahead of Yo and then Gaff a little further back. But they look at Dom Sheed, who's paying $8 to lead the count from West Coast. And I think we had Dom Sheed on about 10 votes. So we've got Shui on 19, Yo on 13. I think Sheed is on 10. Um, yep. Yep. So Sheed could be one because he's more, I guess, after last year's final series. It's well, I think his well, name's known. out there now. Mm. He's known. And I think that well, where the Brownlow comes in a little bit is you have to be a player that's well-known. Mm. Um, and I think that's where... Gaff will probably poll more than Yeah, we Shui. didn't have Gaff getting a lot of votes. No, but I think he will be the leading poll getter for the Eagles. I think he was last year. Yes. Pretty sure. Well, he, he, did, he was all Australian last year. So, yeah, I, I just think he's probably the name that mm. sticks. I mean, he always gets lots of possessions as well. Yeah, so he's there about. So, be, yeah, interesting. I'm going to go for Shuey from the Eagles. So I think there's some clear three-vote games for Shuey. Gaff, I remember there was a couple of games where we were discussing when doing votes. Yeah. Like, Gaff, is Gaff in? Is Gaff out? Um, I think Gaff had some really good games, particularly in the second half of the year when he got going. So, yeah, watch this space, uh, West Coast fans. But I would stay away from Yo. I don't think Yo's going to poll that well. No. We had him on 13 votes. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if Yo ended on with more than Shui. Mm. I just think that a lot of people are on Yo. Mm. Uh, and not as much on Shuey, and it's just a, a sort of a name thing rather mm. than a okay uh, performance. Thing. So if you had to, okay, so let's let's just put put our money where our mouth is. So can you? I'm I've putting run out of money. Unfortunately, you put okay. Who's your top three <laughs> for West Coast? No, just the Brownlow. Uh, I would say Danger will be in there. Are we saying one, two, three, or just one, two, the top three. three? Let's go one, two, three. Uh, Would you like me to go first? Yeah, you go first. I'm going to go Danger from Lockie Neal from Jack McRae. And McRae is my dark horse. He's a dark horse. Mm. I think I would have to go... Well, I'm going to go Cripps because Cripps is my pick from the start of the season. So I'll stick with Cripps for number one. I'll go Dangerfield. Actually, I'll I'll go him three Mm. and I'll go... Grundy too. Okay. So, so Crips, Grundy, Crips, Grundy danger. danger. All right. So watch this space. That's our tips for the Brownlow. Should it be a, a great count and uh, we'll, we'll follow on and see, uh, see if our predictions are better than those Muppets at their Herald Sun and their AFL.com.au. Yeah, if, it, if it's close, we might be posting this up. Yeah, we might. Uh, Told just you pop so. this up. If it mirrors our leaderboard, <laughs> yep. uh, we'll say, why didn't you follow us? So... That's our uh, preview of the Brownlow and Cracking Night. So if you've listened, so hopefully that's a good form guide from for you. Um, and just remember, if you're gambling, please do gamble responsibly, um, unlike Mike here who's got no money left. Uh, so we uh, take a short break and come back and preview the big dance. We will be back in just a moment. This is Holding the Ball, the podcast. There's a big 
that was interesting, oh, wasn't it? Just a bit of uh, get you in the mood for the, the game next week. We should have played the national anthem as well. And <laughs> yeah. we stand up and get all excited. Fire up. Uh, grand final time is here. Richmond v. the Giants. Mike, some big talking points here. Where do we start? Uh, I think we start I, with who plays. Yeah, well, there's some injury clouds in, uh, on on number of players. We sort of talked about it already a little bit before, but Giants, uh, Green coming back in should be an absolute certainty. Yep. Uh, we've got Whitfield maybe coming back from the appendicitis. Um, who else have we got? Emilio and Delidio both listed as a test. Test. Uh, obviously, Phil Davis a bit uh, sore after the game test. and so a bit of a test, but... There's a lot of injury clouds. And then if we look at the Tigers, you've got Broad and Graham both listed as a test. So, And then a couple of blokes held back from the VFL final uh, on the weekend, yeah, McIntosh, McIntosh and Ross. Ross. So <laughs> lots of options for the, for everyone. And Sydney Stack also played the VFL grand final, so he may be a shot at So remember last in. year, uh, this was the cloud was over, and obviously I remember this well because my team was in it. The cloud was on Jeremy McGovern, and would he get up? And he ended up getting up and... Gee whiz, probably had no right to play. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. There's going to be a lot of a lot of uh, speculation about team selection this week uh, on whether these guys get up. Um, so uh, yeah, how do you see this one playing out? There's a lot. There's a lot there. So the Tigers have now won 11 in a row since the bye. You talked about earlier in the year that the season started at the bye. Yep, because uh, Hardwick said that the season started the week after the bye because they had a horror run of injuries at the start of the season. Obviously, still uh, Alex Rance still out of the side. Yeah. And absolutely no chance to play the grand final. No. And it's good that they ruled him out a long time ago, because otherwise he would be the talking point. Yeah, well, he can concentrate on his rehab, not rush it, you know, that sort of thing. It's not like he has never won a premiership either, so he's got the premiership. So it's not like a sad luck story as much. No, not as much as someone like maybe Callum Ward or yes. something like that. Yes. So, uh, yeah, sad for guys like that. But uh, I think that, you know, obviously this week it started um, with Richmond being a bit slow. Yep. Uh, and I think that that's probably because they had a week off. They had, well, they had a double buy, didn't they? So I think what we'll, uh, what we'll probably see is Richmond starting quite hard and fierce at the ball. Mm. There'll be a lot of Richmond supporters there, even though, Half the ground will be filled with corporates. Uh, and you feel like the mutuals will be going for the Giants. Yeah. If uh, you know, you and I will be going for the Giants. Yeah, so. I saw a, yes, I saw a, a poll this morning. I can't remember on which social it was on, but it just said, hey, neutrals out there, who are you going for? And I think it was over 70% said they'd be going for the Giants. Yeah. Um, so interesting looking at that buy, the pre-finals buy. So it looks like, cause, you know, and this is highlighted by Richmond's sluggishness coming out of the blocks against the Cats. It probably came at the perfect point for GWS, who brought all these players back. And um, whereas for Richmond, they've had to have the double buy and and all the rest of it. Whereas GWS have just gone bang, bang, bang uh, since the buy and and look superb, uh, really in in the final series to get in the grand final from from sixth. As Mike's dog is just going. Sorry, my dog is chasing a soccer ball around the room as we speak. Excellent. So um, he likes that game. Yes. So uh, the Giants in from six. It's been a great effort. It is a great effort. Uh, you wonder if it's just, you know, one week too many because they've had the to numbers. play all those extra, uh, that extra game. But, mm. um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a grand final. Anyone can win. Mm. Uh, Richmond heavy, heavy favourites, so um, I don't think you'll have any danger of the Giants cracking in. I think it'll be a really physical game, and I think the Giants will want it to be a really physical game with a lot of stoppages. Richmond will want to get it in the open spaces and run and gun and like they yeah, love to do. Yeah, well, it's tough to to stop that running game, and I mm. guess you really need the handball game to be off a bit. No, not hitting targets when they're trying to run it through because if they're all streaming forward and they miss a handball. JWS could rebound very quickly yeah. and kick you some easy goals. You see Collingwood got absolutely pummeled on the turnover a couple of times. Mm. I think one was Jack Crisp tried to come back in the corridor and, and coughed it up, only for Jeremy Cameron to, you know, mark easily uncontested inside 50. Um, so, yeah, fascinating game. You've got the two midfields, which I think, well, this will go a long way to deciding the game. You've got Richmond, we've got Dusty, Cochin, Edwards, uh, Prestia, who's in great form, we spoke about on the weekend. The Giants, Taranto and Hopper, the young guns who have played yep. 50, 60 games each. 
really stood up at the end. Uh, then Toby Green and Williams, I think, will play in there uh, a fair bit as well. So And Whitfield, uh, depending on what happens with him. Uh, it's Both sides littered with class. They are. And, uh, yeah, midfield battle would be good. I think the battle with the forwards uh, will be huge. Yeah. Because uh, there's good good matchups. There's actually good one-on-one matchups in this game, isn't there? There is, isn't there? So we've got... No Cam- chance that uh, Leon Cameron will play Phil Davis on a wing and just let Tom Lynch do what he likes. <laughs> if he wants a flog nomination, <laughs> then... Yeah, that, that's the way to get a flog nomination. <laughs> so don't do that. Um, yeah, Jeremy Cameron and Dylan Grimes... Really good matchup. Both quite agile sort of yes. players. I think they're quite suited to play on each other, mm. aren't they? Yeah. Um, Cameron's always been a very good lead-up player. I wonder if Grimes can stop that if the delivery's mm. good into the forward line. Yeah, and gee, Cameron was on there. You know, their, their midfielders use the ball so well, GWS. So if he's on the end of some good slick ball movement from, from the likes of Josh Kelly, sometimes when he mm. – the midfielders just must just look up and go, oh, Kelly's got it, you know. Mm-hmm. Just just pop it out in front, place. Just, you know, right. on a platter. be fantastic. Yeah, I reckon you should go the anytime goal scorer with uh, him this week. That, that, that'll that be a goal. Josh Kelly. Josh Kelly. Yep. Killed me last week. <laughs> Got in the week before, but killed it last week. So, I mean, and the Giants, I mean, we spoke about off, off air a moment ago about how Himmelberg didn't do much, mm. uh, which was interesting. The leading scorer assist player in the comp. Had a quiet prelim, but I think... Uh, he'll be in for a big one. And Finlayson's played quite well, uh, kicked a couple of goals uh, for the Giants. And, and and obviously we know how good Richmond's forward line is. Rewalt was very quiet on he Friday was, night. He yep. You know, kicked a late goal, I think. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, so a couple of players there that will probably stand up. I don't think they'll let two weeks go past with a, a poor game. Yeah. So ultimately, so Richmond going in. Heavy favourites. Yep. Uh, I think they're paying a dollar thirty-eight, and the Giants are out at three thirty. About what they were paying last week. Yeah. Yes, pretty much. Uh, any chance the Giants, or is this just a foregone conclusion? Oh, look, you're a sure shot, uh, but I think it's less than a fifty-fifty. I'd probably say Richmond about a seventy percent chance to win. If I was uh, putting it into a number. Okay. Uh, and it's it's interesting. I was listening to. And we both were watching the first crack on Fox Footy. Yep. Ben Dixon saying that, you know, the, the Tigers are going to have a three-peat. Uh, well, you know, and then uh, I think it was Tom Morris or David King saying, well, if they didn't stuff up last year, they, they uh, may, this well may have been a three-peat. But these are two teams now that could very well be in the big dance or thereabouts for the next few years with the Giants locking away Cornelio and Kelly. Kelly. Yep. Um, and, and getting a decent Ruckman. And getting a decent Ruckman for a couple of years. Um, how would, you know, this could be a match. How would Dylan Shield be feeling right now? Yeah, because he wanted away. Although, how much of that is, I mean, it's obviously him wanting to get away, mm. uh, maybe moving back to Melbourne. Yeah. But I think a bit of it is uh, the Giants having to get rid of some players to help the with the salary cap. Uh, unfortunately, you, you, they're probably going to have to do that again, I think, this season, which is why maybe... Well, Patton's gone, and he's on a fair bit. Well, Patton's going to Hawthorne. He's going? Yep. Okay. And maybe Tomlinson. Tomlinson but he's he's worked talk. his way into the team now. It'd be interesting to see if he stays there. Um, so Tomlinson, gee, they'd hope to keep him. Well, what his position is really sort of... A bit of a what a bit of a mix, Mister Fix It forward yeah. back or half, backup ruck. He's he, I think he's more a halfback, but did certainly play backup ruck mm. a fair bit. Finlayson played backup ruck. It's, you know they just had blokes chipping in all over the place. So yeah, watch this space. But uh, be interesting to see what the Giants do and whoever they get. I mean, they've been getting top picks back in return. I think they've still got a high pick this year from the Dylan Shield one. I think they got two first rounders for Shield. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they picked up Caldwell and Caldwell else. and uh, yes, another good player, Hately. Yeah. Yep. Last year, who both played. A, uh, sorry, Hately played a bit of footy. Caldwell not quite yet. Hately be a good player, so they need to, you know, yes, solidify so their their side there. So Thomason might be the one who has to go. But the fact they're locking the stars away, it's right. Yep. is important for them. Uh, so maybe a matchup we see for a little while to come, Richmond and GWS. Yeah, it could be. could be a bit of a rivalry uh, starting to brew there. I'm going to stick fat. I am. I'm going to stick fat. So who's your uh, – we talked about this before, but I see you haven't written anything down. Who's your pick for uh, for Norm Smith? Good question, and I forgot all about it. Uh, you know, I think I'll go with Toby Green. 
Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who did write something down and you picked my friggin' Norm Smith. I can see him right there. So, uh, nah, oh, well, I guess it probably depends a lot on who wins because the Norm Smith is generally from the team that wins, mm-hmm. the standout player. The standout player, player, if GWS wins, you'd think would be Toby Green. He's just one He's of those done players it in the last looks well, like he's made for the stage. He does mm. <laughs> in more ways than one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but obviously two years ago, Richmond won it. Dusty was able to get the Norm Smith. So mm. I think if Richmond win, Dusty plays well. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tom Lynch could get it and he's... Uh, yeah, could do. If one more person mentions this being a fairy tale, I'll slap them. If if they're in vicinity, it's a fairy tale for Tom Lynch. Yeah, that's, it's not. That's the only leaving person. the bottom team and going to the top team is not a fairy tale. <laughs> Making the top team even stronger <laughs> is not a fairy tale. Yeah, and that's one of those issues, isn't it? Whether free agency. that should be allowed to actually happen. Yeah. So the free agency uh, is out, but you know, ripping game coming up uh, this. Weekend, Paul Kelly, looking looking forward to listening to him singing a bit of leaps and bounds on the uh, MCG. Yeah. Uh, Mike Brady comes out for his one month of work a year to sing yeah. a bit of uh, Up There Kazali. And, and it's worth it. Yeah, oh, it's absolutely worth it. I hope he's it. paid an absolute shitload for that. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> uh, so, cracking game. I hope that uh, many neutrals get there and wear orange. Uh, That's right. Because I'm yeah. certainly All those 40,000 corporates I'll wear be, orange. I'll be trying to watch it overseas from Malta and we'll, the next podcast... Uh, next week, I'll try and phone in from somewhere and we preview See if trade we can period. Get a, get a bit of a line from the other side <laughs> yeah. of the world. We'll sort something out uh, as we preview a big trade period coming up. But uh, Yeah, I'm very excited about the trade period. Oh, lots well, going to happen. My team generally does something. Yeah, <laughs> so lots to happen. Big grand final. Uh, if you've got a team in there, hope they win. But uh, I think we're both on the Giants. Go the Giants. Go the Giants. Thanks for listening. This is Holding the Ball, the podcast with Mike and Bomber.